Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Harmony Inspired Health Podcast, an evolution to your higher self, where ancient wisdom meets modern living. I'm Harmony, your podcast host. Leveraging my expertise as an Ayurveda and women's health practitioner and clinical business mentor, I engage in genuine conversations with industry leaders, delving into the realms of health, wellness, Ayurveda, and the art of holistic success. Our mission here is clear, to inspire, educate, and empower you as you step into your higher self, unlocking your true potential and the secrets to embracing a life of purpose and impact. Hit subscribe, and if you're on iTunes, a five-star rating helps spread the wisdom far and wide. Get ready for a holistic adventure as we explore the path to holistic success. Welcome to the Harmony Inspired Health Podcast and the evolution to your higher self. Hey guys, this is a very special masterclass that was run in our Ayurveda Alchemist program by Christine Eck, who is the founder of the Sacred Window Studies. If you are jumping straight to this one, which is part two, then that's absolutely fine. It's all about the postpartum window. But if you're interested in listening to part one, go back and listen to that first. It's on Ayurvedic Insights for a Radiant Pregnancy. I hope you enjoy these masterclasses. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our masterclass in the Ayurveda Alchemist program. Today, we have the beautiful Christine from the Center of Sacred Window Studies coming in to educate us on Ayurveda for postpartum care. Now, if you haven't already listen to Christine's last lecture on Ayurveda for pregnancy. I suggest you do. The girls who were here live absolutely loved it. It was a good talking point in the community and she just shares so much wisdom. But I know that postpartum care is is Christine's love and passion and she teaches women to become Ayurveda doulas in this field. So I'm so excited about today and I can't wait to dive into this really important topic. So thank you so much for coming on, Christine. Thank you so much for having me and hello to everyone who's here live and for those of you who are listening afterwards. As Harmony said, this window of time has really captured my heart in terms of realizing that it's an underserved time in life for so many people and so many different societies. And yet, pretty much all around the world, you can look back and see really deep tradition and acknowledgement for how important this specific window of time is. And so for myself and for the team that I work with in our school and for so many other people, we're just really realizing, wow, there's actually this information out here and this is a way that I can give, that I can serve in a way that I know is really needed in the world and in a way that feels in such alignment with, with just honoring the woman's journey, the childbearing journey, the the new life journey, the transformative aspect of for those people who who give birth, but also those people who 
love people who give birth, those people who are partners of people who give birth, those people who are supporting people, we all are touched by it, whether or not we have our own children. And so for all those reasons, I'll talk a little bit more about my story as we talk today. But but in short, this is a window of time in which the normal what we understand to be normal about our own constitution or that of our clients, the the rules that we're used to in terms of how our digestion works, how our hormonal balance works, how our relationships may function, everything dismantles and then comes back together again. And it's designed to be like that. It's okay for it to feel like things have completely turned over in a way. And the key is that if we have awareness about what's going on with us, what nature wants for us to be experiencing, what we need to go through to take care of our our babies, and then we have the support pieces in place to support that, then we don't experience it as traumatic or as throwing us off kilter or blindsiding us, which is a word that I've used to describe my own experience. So so with some awareness, with the beautiful tradition of Ayurveda as a guide, and again, there are so many different traditions around the world, yet we're so blessed to have this really rich, documented science at available to us to learn. And so all of our team has studied from the Ayurvedic perspective, and it's a really beautiful model that I think can be adapted and used by people from all different backgrounds in a way that's really about, I am a human, I am living this life, and this is the science of life. And therefore, I have something to learn. I can know more about myself. I can understand more about this window of time. And with that, I can create something that's supportive and get started on a life of parenthood in a really strong, beautiful way. So I, at any point during this talk, please feel free to raise your little virtual hands here or type in the chat or, or anything. I'd love to hear your stories, answer questions. And, and so maybe I'll go ahead and share my screen. Amazing, we can see that. Good. If I can get a big. Oh, yes. My name is Christina. Again, it's so great to be back. So many of us, we all come to wanting to know more about the postpartum window from a different place. Maybe we are expecting ourselves, maybe our friend or a loved one is expecting, maybe we have recognized how underserved it is and we want to, to serve there are all different ways that we feel this call and every single one of those ways, no matter what it is that we want to do in our work, our professional work, 
the world benefits when more people know about good postpartum care and about how sacred this time really is. So I honor all the ways in which you all feel drawn to know more about this. It's so needed in this world. We talked a lot about in our collective team about Ayurvedic postpartum care versus conscious postpartum care. We originally were calling ourselves Ayurvedic postpartum caregivers, and we sort of shifted that to conscious postpartum caregivers. And what this means to us is really recognizing that when someone gives birth, they require something that's different than what they normally experience. They require some specific resayana rejuvenation. And that when care is given in an intentional way, in an informed way that takes into account what that person is experiencing, in which ways they're sort of depleted, in which ways they may have elements that are aggravated, when we're able to intentionally serve with good care, with those things in mind, that to us means conscious care. And also beauty of Ayurveda is we're looking at health through this really comprehensive lens, right? We're looking at it through the body and the mind and the spirit, the emotions, the senses. All of these are ways that we address health. And when one of them is not performing well or experiencing balance, it will then affect the others. So this is just one small way in which I think we can all recognize in some way that the modern experience of postpartum people is not really being addressed from this whole beautiful comprehensive scope. So this is me. This is after, this is my fourth baby, little Lucas and my husband, and he is now six. So in 2007, this is when I was in labor with my first baby in 2007, Joven. And I was really, I'm a very pizza kapha person. So I was really excited about learning when I was pregnant. I just read all the books. I just devoured all of the stories that I heard. And I felt really excited and prepared for my birth. And it was great. I actually, this birth was super hard work. But it was a beautiful birth and I felt really cared for. I felt really, I felt really empowered by what I knew my body could do. I had a lot of trust in my body. But my preparation for the postpartum window was really minimal. I didn't know what to prepare for. I had read a few things that I know now were pretty ineffective. My sort of understanding about what my days and weeks would be filled with after he was born was misplaced. It was really about him and bonding with him and taking care of him and learning how to care for a baby. I hadn't done a lot of, I hadn't, didn't have a lot of experience with babies before I became a parent. And ultimately it was just a total lack of awareness. And even with excellent midwives, this picture was taken in my home. I was able to give birth at home for all of my children. I had excellent care. Yet, 
even with that excellent care, why did nobody say anything that landed for me about the postpartum window? So this is me. Gosh, he looks to be about, he's still in the first month, I think there, maybe he's probably two or three weeks old. I, I look okay. I look pretty pale, actually. I can see that I'm like depleted and running on fumes, but I was really feeling surprised at why things weren't easy. So nursing was really, really hard. And I thought it was going to be intuitive. I didn't know how to bolster my milk supply. I didn't know how to do that. And he ate nonstop. I didn't know who to ask for help. My, my mother-in-law came for a short time. My mom came for a short time. And then my husband had to go back to work. And so I was alone and I didn't think there were any other options because I didn't know who to ask to come help. I don't, I wasn't eating well because I was constantly trying to take care of him. And I also didn't know what to eat or that the things that I was eating were probably creating problems for my digestion and thus my milk supply and on and on and on. So these are just, I, I look at this and so many people that I have worked with, they have their own bullet point list, but a low milk supply, horribly painful latch with real, da real damage done to my tissues. Really that vata dosha that was naturally very high became imbalanced to a place where I was restless. It, it, it was hard for me to lay down and rest with him, even though everyone told me to sleep when my baby sleeps, I was vata aggravated and that made me try to do, 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 do. I started to feel really anxious. My husband was at work. I was all by myself. I was trying to do this or that. And I remember calling him panicky and I am never, I've, I'd never felt anxiety in that way before. I had some tears on my perineum and that took longer than usual. They had to do some intervention that was very painful. Block milk, blocked milk ducts, a lot of sweating at night, just a lot of surprise things. And this is not even all of the things now that I'm talking about, I can remember others, but this is a really good example list of how things can come up and be exacerbated by not having enough care. So why weren't we given adequate information? Why didn't I know that this window of time was maybe even more important for me to be putting my attention on rather than reading 10 books about birth, I could have shifted my attention. When Joven, my first was about a year and a half, I started my Ayurvedic program here in Western Massachusetts at a school called Kripalu. And it was just very, it was an intuition that called me to do this. And I'm so glad I did because what I learned really shifted everything for me. And you all know that because you're here studying Ayurveda. But the main thing that I learned, and when I was in that program for Ayurveda, I became pregnant with my second baby. And I found the work of Isha Oaks. 
And I started learning for myself. This is like, I get a new opportunity here. Let's see what Ayurveda has to say about this postpartum window. And it all begins with this Kaya Kalpa, the sacred window of time, this body time, which is literally translated as the Kaya Kalpa is this beautiful opportunity where the tissues of the body are primed for being reset. This is an opportunity where maybe we've experienced some imbalance in one of the tissues or more of the tissues in our body prior to pregnancy. Oftentimes, if during a Kayakalpa window, someone is given the exact type of rejuvenative care that they need for what they are experiencing, the issues that they had prior will shift and be resolved because everything that's happening in our body is like, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to renew. The tissues are ready to go. And so the postpartum window in the classic Ayurvedic text is one of these such windows. We get this opportunity to create something new, create something strong, create something vibrant that, as my teacher always, always said, the first 42 days will impact the next 42 years of your life. So that's our life of parenting, our life of partnering, our life of living our best. And so to me, this was like, course, of course, if I am really deliberate with what I do during this time, this is going to help me far into the future. And I say this with understanding that so many of us didn't get that. So there's some triggering and some grief that can happen when people realize, oh, I didn't get that. And I think we talked about that before, but this is a window of time that we can take whenever we need it. And I encourage people to do so. So when given conscious care for rebalancing during the week's postpartum, the opportunity for healing is dramatically beyond what it would be at another time and will benefit a person far into the future. So what is involved? And I think that the beautiful thing about good care in postpartum or beyond when we're looking at the Ayurvedic perspective is it all starts with this foundation. And the foundation is easy. We're not talking about something that's really complicated. We're talking about, in general, eating the right foods for what our digestive system can handle at that moment. Using things like herbal support foods to help encourage natural things that are working themselves out, whether it's lactation, whether it's digestion, whether it's sort of rebuilding weakened tissues always focusing on our digestion, paying attention to our elimination. What can I add in here? What is my system ready for? Just observing and adjusting as needed. Creating sattva, like a peaceful environment, all the different ways that we can do that. Healing touch, touch and any kind of dinacharya, daily routine and Ayurveda is so important and absolutely appropriate for postpartum. Family and community support. This is, I tell people all the time, this is not a window of time that we're meant to go it alone. We're not meant to have our mom drop in for a week and our husband take a week off of work in our country in the US here. 
we are wildly deficient in family leave time for the postpartum window. And it's no wonder that families struggle as much as we do. And I put time here because I also feel like, and I just worked with a client this weekend and we talked about that, the, the time as sort of the ultimate healer and giving patience and recognizing this as sort of a time out of time. And that as we go through time, if we're paying attention to support needs in all these different ways, we see shift and we feel shift and things naturally balance out. But the sad, more difficult thing is that straightforward as this list is, this is a really overwhelming task for people who don't have proper support or preparation. So that's why we're learning this. That's why people go into adding postpartum care into their professional wheelhouse, because even whether it's doing consultations with a family during their pregnancy and being like, hey, I've got this great plan that I can help you set up. What are you doing for your sacred window? What's your postpartum time going to look like? Let's help you get it organized because proper preparation adequate preparation and just giving people the questions to ask themselves will help them to create something that's supportive in a way that 90% of people don't have or haven't even thought about. So it's, it's, uh, this list should be simple. And unfortunately it's not for a lot of people. So foods, of course, we know the right amount of food at the right time and the right amount is medicine. But for people who don't realize that the postpartum window, the digestive system is really capable of very, very different things than before we gave birth. We often don't realize that if we continue eating the same way, yet we're not able to digest it, that has a negative and harmful effect on the processes of our body, such as milk production and keeping our nervous system in a really grounded place when we're already experiencing such shifts. So this is why this is so important. In the postpartum window, vata naturally rises in great amounts. And what this means is that we have so much more air and space. Our digestive tract is, so if we think about the Agni, and I think I talk a little bit more about Agni in a bit, so I won't go super far into it. But if we normally have this beautiful, healthy campfire and we're able to process all the things we normally eat, this is our normal fire. During the postpartum window, through the process of birth, that campfire is just a bunch of little orange embers. So the same amount of food and kinds of food that we might put on that is really just going to smother it out. It's not actually, the fire isn't actually able to burn through it and deliver that nutrients to us. So we have to be really mindful about what we want to eat. And the good news is, is that during postpartum, we're starting simple, simple, simple foods are very, very appropriate. So things like broths and things like warm, mushy cereals, milk tonics, 
things like this are going to be really supportive for us to start with. Foods that have ample amounts of oil and good fats. This is incredibly important for helping to nourish that nervous system, as well as provide that OJAS. We talked a little bit about OJAS during pregnancy, but that's so important also during postpartum. OJAS as this sort of vital juice of life that gives us that vitality and resilience that we need to get through a time when we're naturally depleted. So yes, these qualities of postpartum foods, warm, oily with good fats, mushy and soft, nothing that's kind of dry and crunchy and rough. Um, fresh foods, simple foods, easy, easy to digest foods, foods that are familiar. And I say that because you know, one approach that we have in our program is that eating Ayurvedically to us does not mean eating only Indian foods or from that cuisine or that palate. It's eating the foods that your body responds to, eating the things that are satmia for you, the things that will give you the effect that's balancing. And if someone has never had those types of flavors or foods or spices or ingredients, that's not going to be satmia for them. So maybe we're asking, what are the foods that you were served when you weren't feeling well, when you were growing up? What are the foods that you remember making you feel happy and safe when you were growing up? What are the foods that you go to when you're seeking comfort? Questions like that help give us a glimpse into what is, what is right for this particular person. And yeah, Harmony, I think it's, it's something that was overlooked by me when I first started learning Ayurvedic postpartum care. This is something that I've really grown into and experienced firsthand. And then like, oh, healing foods. This is a really wide spectrum based on who a person is, what their background is, what what's familiar to them, what are their specific ancestry. All oh, there's so much that goes into it, but I really love the ability of taking what a person is used to eating and finding the balancing combinations in them to create something that's really appropriate using these qualities. Absolutely, because we all have our individual Ayurvedic constitution, but Ayurveda really teaches us more self-awareness about ourselves. So being able to understand our own heritage, our own cultures, and the medicinal foods and herbs and spices that that they offer can be really healing for ourselves. So true. And also what's available around us. If I yeah. can go to my local farm and, and eat from there, that's, that's amazing. So there's, there's lots of ways to create postpartum appropriate foods with what we have that's close to us, with what we love, with what our background is and, and that's a really common question, I think, for people who are interested in Ayurvedic postpartum care, but are not totally sure about it. And that said, I think there's a lot of different schools of thought maybe also about that, but, but that's sort of the approach that we take in our program. Oh, totally. I once actually had a lady who said, 
She would love to learn Ayurveda. She loves all the principles, but she just does not like lentils and she'll never like lentils. Therefore, she couldn't learn Ayurveda. I was like, no, that's not what Ayurveda is all about. It's not just about lentils. That's so funny. And, and I love it. It's, I think it's a relief to so many of us when we realize, oh, it doesn't mean that I have to completely have a different relationship with food or a completely different relationship with my life and routines. It's really just widening out to be able to observe the qualities around us and the qualities elicited through our choices as we walk through life in each day and each season and be able to understand how they shift when we do X, Y, or Z. So when we understand what balance feels like for us, and again, during the postpartum window, this is a different rule book in a way. We have a different way of feeling balanced. And so being able to understand that is, is where the empowerment lies, I think, in this type of care and this type of understanding. And that's, that's what's really exciting for me. So in general, for the postpartum window and for pregnancy as well, we don't recommend herbs in medicinal quantities. We recommend using herbal support foods, which give us the opportunity to better assimilate the medicinal properties of the herbs in a more gentle way, letting the body use it from a food vantage point is it's really the most effective and foundational and gentle way to use herbal support. And, and from my direct experience and that of my teachers and that of clients that I've worked with, having a little simple routine with anywhere from one to four regularly taken herbal support foods, 100% supports with breast milk production, with nervous system management, creating a better ability to be calm in our nervous system, the ability to digest our food, start like a regular elimination sooner, and just help rebuild the tissues and create strength. So there's a number of wonderful, wonderful herbal support recipes in general, having a simple lactation tea. This is the one that was taught to me that I have used for all four of my babies. Or no, I guess the three, because the first one was the reason why I'm here, because that was really hard. So for three of them, and this is so simple because what I love to do, these are literally, this is what I did. I would put all of them the different herbal recipes in little jars and label them with directions so that my husband or whoever was there could see them and know how to make them for me each day. And this was a really effective and really meaningful way that others could help me that didn't require a lot. So having even just giving this as a gift to a loved one, bringing them over before their baby's born, have them practice making it. But the idea is with this very, this is a very weak, weak tea on purpose because it's all about 
hydration first. If someone is well hydrated, they're better able to make milk. So there's a very mild supportive effect on milk production, but because it is so beautifully diluted, it's super helpful for keeping someone hydrated. And both of these seeds, the fenugreek and the fennel will really support the digestive tract as well and helping to create some movement and ability to eliminate and digest our food. So this is really, it's called simple lactation tea, but it's really medicine for all three of these areas. I love milk tonics, probably because I'm so pitta. It's really grounding for me to have just that cool quality of the milk. But if you think about it, milk begets milk. And there's lots of people who prefer different kinds of milk. It does not have to be cow's milk. If you are okay with cow's milk, I would recommend cow's milk. But if you choose another type of milk, this can absolutely be nourishing as well. The idea is just to let it come to a gentle boil and then you can get creative. There's lots of different beautiful little spices and flavors. This is pretty much my go-to. I would just do a little, and you could even put all of these herbs together in a little jar so you didn't have to do them each one at a time. You could just do a little spoonful, add a little spoonful of ghee, and then a dark sugar of your choice. And it's so yummy, so relaxing. And it's a great snack. I feel like in between your meals, when you're sitting down to nurse, this is a great time to have that or to serve that. Other ideas for snacks can include, there's a beautiful recipe that Yisha taught to us. It's in her Touching Heaven volumes. But it's the digestive chewing herbs and it's just a little spoonful of chewing herbs that you would chew before you eat and it's so yummy so delicious and such an easy little almost like a, I feel like it would make my meals feel special they would my husband or whoever would bring me the food or when I bring it to a client and then you have your little dish of your chewing herbs and it just created something beautiful and special that was a little extra and so helpful the herbal ladus, like little snack balls, are a great idea. Little ginger pickles, garlic chutney, panchakola ghee. Panchakola ghee is a really important go-to in the Ayurvedic tradition for postpartum care. Panchakola is, there's five herbal ingredients to panchakola ghee. And I'm not going to name all five because honestly, I can't remember them offhand, but we just made some. I've got some on my counter inside, but it is really important, beautiful preparation that I find to be a little tricky to make. So I generally will not make it for my clients. I've made it for myself, but that's because I'm okay if I mess it up a little bit. But with my clients, I recommend that they buy it. There's a couple different sources that I recommend, but this is a beautiful preparation to have the first week to 10 days to really help kickstart that digestion in a very nourishing way that's not drying, that's not too harsh. And it just, it just feels really good in the body. Thank you so much, Harmony. That's so great. Pippali, Pippali Mula. 
Chavya, Chitrika, Shunti, thank you so much. So we talked a lot about Agni in the pregnancy class, but here we go again. When our Agni is paid attention to, this is where the access to healing on all the other tissues are become accessible, right? So, and what's important to recognize is that that massive shift during birth where our vata goes way up this is on purpose this is supposed to happen we oftentimes can feel like this is just a huge problem that we have to solve and we've got to fight all these difficult things we're experiencing in order to feel normal again and i urge people to soften around that idea and say oh, you no know, this is this is like nature's process i'm supposed to experience that massive elevation of air and space elements, which is that massive shift in hormones that is going to create a lot of new reactions to things, a lot of new ways of experiencing things. However, I'm going to apply good care. I'm going to pay attention to what I eat to help nurture that and softly bring things back to a place of balance. And also I'm going to honor that I'm not the exact same that I was before this experience. I'm this person and I'm also experiencing something more and something new. And, and I find that to be a really powerful way of experiencing transformation when we're not fighting it, when we can just sort of nurture and let in. So Agni is part of that. It's not going to be awesome the first few days and that's okay. So we make conscious choices about very simple foods with very specific use of spice, such as the Panchakola ghee to help begin to rebuild that fire little by little. And what we can experience is Maybe the first week we're eating things that are really simple. Maybe we're eating the same menu for the first three days straight. And then all of a sudden, on the fourth or fifth day, we're like, oh gosh, I'm really, really ready to eat something different. And then you're like, oh, well, let's try, let's try this other thing. And let's try to add a few more ingredients in. And then maybe you eat that. And then all of a sudden you notice, oh, this is actually feeling a little bit much, maybe you or your baby are experiencing some gas or discomfort and you're like, oh, well, let's pull it back a little bit. You're just constantly observing, constantly being mindful, adding a little bit at a time. So taking care of Agni is just one of those incredibly important aspects, this digestive fire that is really overlooked in our modern way of caring for people post-birth. And same with the mind and the emotions. If our Agni is not strong, it will affect our nervous system and we'll experience imbalance in our mind because this mind and the gut, those channels are so cooperative with each other. And I have down here during the postpartum window, the subtle channels of the heart are wide open and vulnerable to sensory input. If you have experienced the postpartum window, then you may look back and recognize times when 
maybe just like a vibe in a room was like, whoa, there is just like your first, the first quality or element that we are taking in are these subtle elements. So the way that someone comes into our space is immediately, that is what we get first. So for better or for worse, my little ones would like barge in arguing with each other in that state of the sacred window, I would be like, oh my gosh, that's too much. If a caregiver walked into the room with just gentleness and compassion, I was just immediately affected. So that is so beautiful to recognize as a caregiver that the way that we bring ourselves into supporting someone during the sacred window, when we approach it first with the subtle elements through our communication, through our intention, that is medicine. So again, sattva, we talked about sattva, I think during the pregnancy course too, but all, so much of it just flows right into this postpartum window. So this is a state of consciousness that we want to promote at all times, especially during the postpartum window. This is such a formative time for new parents, for babies. This is a time to be setting intentions for our children, for the people that we care for with them, bringing sacredness, bringing ceremony, bringing tradition and in ways that feel resonant. Maybe we're working with a family that is not a outwardly spiritual family, but what are the ways that we can create sacredness that feel appropriate and feel like medicine to them? And there's so many ways to do that. So there's never a better time to give or receive an abhyanga than the postpartum window. But this is a slower abhyanga. This is a very, very slow vata pacifying abhyanga. If you've received them before, if you've given them before, and you're used to your flow, and this is, this is much slower. And whether we are teaching our clients to do a self abhyanga to get the oil on their skin, or they are able to experience it from a practitioner, the touch, the oil on the skin and on the body is an immediate balm to the nervous system. It helps support the digestion through our skin, helping to eliminate waste that we need. It's, it's an interesting time because there's a, a need for cleansing but cleansing is not appropriate in what we understand cleansing to mean oftentimes. So the process of taking in and digesting oil through the skin allows us to naturally cleanse through our digestive tract, things that have been built up and building and building and building during all these month of months of pregnancy. So I won't go into all the many, many benefits of Abhyanga, but trust me, they are many. And this is something I would love for every person to experience, even if maybe they only see their caregiver and they get a massage once or twice, if they can get it on their own skin and get into that routine of maybe once a day, a few times a week, before a bath, before a shower, 
this is beautiful. And of course, you know, it. there's all kinds of things to consider in terms of, has it been a cesarean birth? When is it time? And there are lots of answers to those questions. In short, if a person has had a cesarean birth, we want to wait until that the sutures are really knitted together well. If there's too much oil on the skin, it can create a longer healing time for that incision, not for everybody, but for some people. So just being mindful that we're not going to overdo it on oil, both in our food and on our body, while those sutures are really knitting together. But as soon as they are looking really good and solidly knit together, I would start getting that oil on the body as soon as possible. And interestingly and beautifully, whoops, the word sneha, the word for oily, that oily quality, it also is a synonym. It means love. So I just love that. And of course, we traditionally always give abhyangas to our babies as well as a way for them to experience all the benefits of oil massage and helping them to transition into this world in a way that is really unique to their process. But also when partners and family members and siblings learn to give this oil massage, they experience that release of oxytocin, that release of that bonding hormone that nursing parents will automatically experience every time we nurse. But this is an opportunity for others to experience that hormonal release in a way that builds their relationship with the baby. So one of my favorite things is to teach families together, including siblings, how to do this practice. And I said this earlier, but working with families to ask them, who are your people? What is your plan for gathering your community together? Who are the helpers that create a feeling of safety for you? And maybe if they don't have those people, we can help them find professionals who they can reach out to should they need anything. Oh, ideally, everyone has a safety net of helpers. And of course, there are going to be roadblocks, but I think with some deliberate thought and attention and awareness put on that, that so many people do for themselves during pregnancy anyway, we can really create something that is effective and that is certainly certainly going to be more effective than if it's not thought about, which is so often the case. By choosing to honor the sacred 42 days, you are setting yourself up for 42 years of parenting, partnering, and living your best. This is something that I wholeheartedly feel in my bones, and it's something that we are committed to doing. And uh, and it's really a continuation, isn't it, of looking at the beginning of life and following it through into all the stages of life and being able to adjust. And I think what is so beautiful is that 
the principles that we learn for caring for people during the postpartum window are so similar to the principles that we can use over and over again, whether it's at a time of transition after a big move, maybe a major life change, maybe a time of illness, maybe, you know, certainly as we navigate through perimenopause and menopause, we can see these again and again. Conscious care is recognizing and attending to the needs of a postpartum person and conscious care in general is looking at all of these whole levels of care using food, using herbs, using healing touch, using routine and acknowledging time, acknowledging the natural process. I always think about what does nature want me to experience right now? And I can notice if I'm resisting it. If, if I'm supposed to be experiencing some level of something, when there's an openness and a surrendering and a trust that goes along with that, there's actually a lot of strength in that. And unfortunately, because the postpartum window is often one that people are feeling stress or depletion or an unpreparedness or a, a lack of empowerment that may be new to them. So many people go into becoming a parent and they are ready and strong and capable and really used to handling their lives in excellent, productive ways. And all of a sudden, the process of birth and parenting a newborn really takes them off of their, what they what they know themselves to be in terms of strength. And so, so much of what we do is really helping people to experience that mental and emotional transition. And a lot of that is holding space. It's giving space to listen. It's giving space to have conversations that allow them to share that, name that. Oh my gosh, I, I do all of this work all the time. And now I can't even bring two sentences together. What's wrong with me? You know, no, there's nothing wrong with you. This is like, look at all that you're doing right now. It's giving people the opportunity to really love themselves for who they are right now. And, and unfortunately, so many people aren't getting that kind of support. So this is where we all come in. And this work is so needed. It's so beautiful. It's so important. And it will, people remember it. The people who, and I'm sure you do too, the people who were there for you during that most mind-blowing time of your life are beloved. They imprint, they imprint us. So it's, it's a beautiful opportunity. There's so much to say on all of the different levels, but ultimately an awareness that this is an important time, education around this is what's going on in the body. These are the types of qualities that I need to account for. These are the types of qualities I want to bring in. And I can do that through food and touch and lifestyle and all kinds of wonderful ways, a million different ways and combinations based on the person you're working with or yourself, working with people to help them prepare or preparing for yourself if it's for you, 
making sure that we're thoughtfully putting into consideration what we want it to be, how we want to feel and how we can make that happen and gathering our people, gathering the community, knowing all of the helpers that are in your community for different things. Lots of times people may not even know, oh, I should have a list of people on hand. And that's what, that's one thing, you know, maybe Harmony Young, that we had you put together your resource and referral guide as part of your program. So you people are in your community, when you're working with someone, you can say, oh, this is coming up, let's see. It is not the postpartum caregiver's job to have all the answers. It's not the postpartum caregiver's job to know how to do everything. It's our job to hold space, to have the awareness, to have the toolbox of things that we can do that are within our safe scope of practice to help a person to adjust through preparation and through all of the things and to know our community so that when something comes up that's outside of our scope, which it probably always will. I don't think I've ever worked with a client who at some point didn't need to see another professional for some type of thing that was coming up. And when we already know who those people are, when we develop relationships with them, not only are we creating a stronger safety net for birthing people in our community, but we're creating a sense of support for ourselves. I know I don't have to have that answer. I can call up my friend who's a lactation consultant and she can come in and we'll work together and we'll figure this out. There's a sense of safety of being held and that applies to us as the caregivers, as well as to the families, because we should not be the ones feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm the one that has to do all this. And then we take it home and then we feel stress. So there's this kind of overlap of, I, that's why we talk about the universal mother principles in our program, which I didn't mention here, but they're ultimately these core foundational pieces of giving good care simplicity, flexibility, intuition, grounding, compassion, listening, non-judgment, intention, these, these things come into everything. And when we can first apply that to ourselves as the caregiver and embody those, then we can come in, work with our clients. And even though it's not as easy as, oh, got it. I can leave that at the door. Or I can come into this caregiving situation and which we are all humans and we're all navigating all of the complexities of life and care for ourselves versus care for another. But what I have learned through caring for people postpartum has impacted the way that I have continued to live my life as a mother and my oldest is now 15. And it's something that I know that I will continue to use as my body continues to change, as I grow older, as I shift into new stages of my life. So Harmony, I can see, can you please share the significance of the 42 days? It's, it's really about that significant window of time, this Kaya Kalpa. And in the classic Ayurvedic texts, they mention several kaya kalpas in life. And one of them is first getting your period. 
One of them is committing to a life partner, marriage. One of them is postpartum and one of them is menopause. So the idea of this Kaya Kalpa is recognizing that during this window of time, and in the classics, the postpartum window is about 40 days, 42 days. Our tissues, it takes about that amount of time for the seven tissues to fully develop. Our bodies are ready and open to experience healing in a way that is exponentially more effective than, a, than at other times in life. So when we experience, and I've seen it firsthand, you start to give people beautiful postpartum recipes and the massage and the herbal support and they're glowing. It's almost like after the 42 days that they have their little crash because they're like, oh my gosh, the doulas are all gone. Now I'm I'm doing it myself and that's okay. We can all work through that, but the care works. So we are ready for that reset. And I've been taught and I don't remember which teacher said this, but it's almost like that Kaya Kalpa is a reversal of the aging process in a way. It's such a significant window of time that when we get what we need, when the proper care is applied, the body's like, yes, got it ready. It's taken it all in and its ability to take it in and its ability to assimilate, its ability to realize it is straight A student. So this is what's so beautiful. So the idea is that we're building and we're building and we're like really so much more receptive. We can take that in and then our body is strong and resilient and ready to go and ready to withstand all of that output that we are giving in this pit to time of life, this hard, hard, it's gorgeous, right? It's beautiful. It's powerful. It's admirable and and important work. So it gives us resilience. It gives us the ability to do our best, to feel what we want to feel until the next sacred window. And then we can intentionally do that again. And that will help carry us through our elder years. So it's, it's, it's inspiring. And, and I hope that that as you help others create their sacred window, you remember that you can create your own sacred window at any point in time, knowing what to do, knowing what to plan for, knowing the whys. This is a time that, as I said before, you remember forever. And for caregivers, for people who are feeling called to give this type of care, there's this really liminal quality that you get to navigate in when you're with someone during these really tender weeks. And, and that is, that is a, that is a real calling. That's a true calling. And there's so many different ways that we can do that. Maybe we're not right in their home or maybe we are doing it in any number of ways, but that intention, I believe makes an imprint in the world really. And 
certainly within the people that directly receive it, but I also think beyond that, and it certainly may, has made an imprint in me. So this is, I'm going to stop sharing my screen. That's what I have, but I would really love to open it up to any thoughts or ideas that may have come up for you during this, this talk. And I'd be happy to chat. Sorry, I am only jumped on about half an hour late, but the, what I've heard is just so beautiful, especially just what you were just saying, your call to do this work and honouring that. It's such a beautiful reminder that not everyone feels called call to, to do this sort of stuff. It's so true. And I just think that even for... We have had people take it in so many different directions, but the world needs to know that it's an important window of time. And that starts with all of this, just helping to recreate it. Because as we learn to give it to others or receive it ourselves, generations beyond that will experience it. And it's, it's, it's the whole, yeah. it's like all the rituals. We've lost the art of rituals and holding space, I think, especially for women. And we're not supposed to do this alone. And I, it's, it was you, yeah, beautiful. You've got such a beautiful thing that you do and teaching other people about it. It's, it's amazing. Well, it was a true gift to me. My teachers really did that for me and created the ability to experience it firsthand and then certainly reinforce the calling of lots of people go to school for Ayurveda, but I was looking for that piece that was, what does my community really need? What aspects, where can I take? And I think Ayurveda has been such a gift for myself and for my family in general, but, but that calling was really easy to identify and and I just love how universal and applicable it is to so many other aspects of giving good care it's not like it's this very specific one thing it's just everything it's even when you were saying that as well one thing that you the transitions of time but it's also like a beautiful circle of life like the, the care that you can give someone when they're dying is very similar to the care that you give someone when they've had a baby and like, it just puts it all into perspective life is short they come and they go and it's just how you signify that time of their life and make it importance is all that really matters yeah absolutely yeah. and em you're giving me my intuitive goosebumps you've got to you've got to go for it em this is so close to her heart being a postpartum doula and offering this care and it's so natural to her and so I specialize in women's health and so many women that I speak to years and years after they've given birth you speak about that time and how they didn't feel that supported and how they wish they knew what they knew now and I was exactly the same so I think there is such a huge area of need for this wisdom to be shared with pregnant women and the women going through their sacred window period postpartum. But I also loved how you spoke about that sacred window, not just being postpartum, but having those other big transitions in life being a sacred window moment. So true. 
so important, right? And it's like such a such a thing that has been lost. I also think it's like such a healing process in itself to be able to give good care, what you to be needed for somebody else, even if we didn't receive that. There's that beautiful archetype of the wounded healer and being able to heal ourselves as we help support somebody else. And I think it's so much about my colleague who I teach with Charlotte has talked about this phrase care partner and we're in it together as, as we learn in Ayurveda health and healing is really about the individual and what the individual wants to do. And if they want to be well and how so much of it is on the foundational aspects of what you do every day, rather than just what a medical professional can tell you or do for you one time. So it's like, it's, it's really cool to be able to give people the foundation and be their partner rather than I'm coming in and I'm going to take care of everything and I'm going to fix it. It's not what it's about. I'm here to walk this with you right now and help you. However that may look for you because everyone's going to be so different. My sister-in-law had her first baby on Friday and we went to visit them. So she had a very different care model. So she went private and had a cesarean, which great that's what she chose to do that both me and my husband left and I was like women just aren't supposed to give birth in hospitals how how is this we're now leaving seeing a new life but it's like the whole energy around a hospital in my opinion it just does not fit the energy that a baby should be born into and then we just like, we honestly like, I couldn't get out there fast enough I was like oh just get me out of here there's so many different, so many different things. And there are people who choose to just work with home birthing families because that whole aspect of it is just too much. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different ways that I think people can really. And harmony. So I'm a registered nurse as well. It's just, and that's so bizarre that I've done a complete you know, 180 that it's just um, it's so motivating to hear you talk and just thank you so much thank you so much christine really really appreciate your time and all the wisdom you've shared with us over pregnancy and postpartum care so i know my students have absolutely loved you coming and teaching it was a hot topic last time you spoke about pregnancy care and i'm sure after this call it's going to be even more of a hot topic, postpartum care and the sacred window. So for those that do want to continue studying to become an Ayurveda or a conscious, now you're calling it a conscious postpartum doula, where can they connect with you? Oh, sure. So please, there's a few different ways that you can do that. You can always visit our website, sacredwindowstudies.com. And we have a couple of free courses that people can sign up for there if they want to just let it sort of simmer you can enroll on that website you can also schedule a time with me if you'd like to meet and talk about what feels right for you that is our favorite part about 
doing this work is connecting with people personally and individually and helping them. Our certification program is all online and we do offer a hands-on retreat for people who are able to come and learn in person. But Christine at sacredwindowstudies.com is my email. You can find us in all the places, Instagram, all the places, but it's just been such a pleasure. I really appreciate you, Harmony, and your approach to women's health and your school and all your beautiful students. It's been really a pleasure to connect with you all. So thank you. Thank you so much. Big thanks for hanging out till the end. I'm curious though, did you skip the intro? Eager to get into the juicy contents of this episode? No worries if you did, but you may have missed my important announcement and the accredited Ayurveda Alchemist program that was calling your name. It's the golden ticket to becoming a certified Ayurveda and women's holistic health coach. Dive into ancient Ayurvedic wisdom and give your health and wellness biz the glow up it deserves. If you're ready to ride this transformative wave, apply at harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au slash Ayurveda Alchemist. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It means a lot to me that you have taken time out of your day to listen. Let's keep the convo going on socials. Dive into our amazing community on Facebook full of soulful women like you, the Ayurveda and Women's Health Sisterhood Facebook group, where we keep these conversations going and offer other free live training. You can find me personally on Instagram at Harmony Inspire Ayurveda or take a sneak peek into the Ayurveda Alchemist Academy on Instagram at Ayurveda Alchemist Academy. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next chat. And if you're on iTunes, a five-star rating, it's like giving us a high five of podcast love. I appreciate you, my friends. Have a wonderful day or evening, whatever time it is in your part of the world.